my superpower is the same as Buffy's. Super strength? Paying attention to what they're wearing. Oh. <laughs> yes, her fashion sense. I have a tone. <laughs> hey, that's good. I would take any of Buffy's superpowers. <laughs> except for the dying part, but perhaps. I didn't well, dying hone. and coming back, that's not a good <laughs> Hone. <laughs> you must hone. Yeah. Well, you're honing it now. That's true. I also have super strength. <laughs> Hello, gentle listeners. Welcome to the Diogenes Club podcast of Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires. There are spoilers ahead and swears ahead, so if those aren't your thing, please turn off the podcast. This time, we'll be discussing Buffy Season 2, Episode 12, Bad Eggs, wherein I am inexplicably entertained by what is supposed to be a bad episode. (laughs) (laughs) I am too, and the more I watch it, the more I like it. (laughs) I know, it's so much fun. Uh, As always, I am Jen, and this is Snard. Or Michelle. Indeed. Yes, we are the sisters, tuck it. We are. Yes. So should we, uh, anything to talk about? Well, should we talk about our new review incentive we just came up with? Sure. Okay. So as you may or may not have picked up on, we are doing little incentives for getting some reviews on iTunes. We just want honest reviews. I mean, if there's something we're doing really poorly, we'd kind of prefer you like email us so we can fix it. (laughs) Instead of outing us to the whole world as being hacks. But whatever you got to do, you do you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so at 10, I will be doing a music video of One Night in Bangkok. At 15, that's where we'll have a vote. I will come up some, with some options. And at 20, we are going to do our little treatment here of Kung Fury. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> the crowdfunded masterpiece of 80s. How, what would you even call it? It's like a love story to the 80s. It sure is. Yeah. Yes. It's just this every single trope you can think of. If you haven't watched it, you should totally watch it. But yeah, if we can get 20 iTunes, Stitcher, whatever, I'd prefer iTunes personally, um, reviews posted, then we will do that for you. And it will not offset our Buffy schedule at all. It will be extra. It will be an extra. It will be a very special episode of Dodgers very Club podcast. special, special. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Diogenes Fury. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're pretty excited about that one. So uh, please, please, please get reviewing so we can get on with it. Yes. And uh, because we want to do that really bad. Yeah, we do. Yeah. But we we both are also kind of lazy. So we need a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Incentive is always good. Yes. Incentive. Yes. Yes. A cookie. Yeah. (laughs) I get a cookie. Shall we get on with it? Yes, we shall. We open in the mall. Well, that's a new one. <laughs> that's uh, a new one. And it's such a mall mall, It isn't is such it? a mall. Yes. It is absolutely this mallish. Is the ni- it actually makes me kind of homesick in a weird way because I spent yeah. so much time at the mall. <laughs> well, it gets cold here. It does, yes. <laughs> and I mean, hot it, here. It, yeah. it gets hot and cold. So there are a few months where yes. you just go inside at the mall and It also and gets out. yes and no, in and out and up and down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we see a gentleman in a cowboy hat escorting a young lass, accompanied by Mozart's Eine kleine Nacht music echoing over the speakers. Interestingly, Eine kleine Nacht music uh, doesn't have any huge sweeping themes to it. It's just a pleasant, entertaining little serenade. Mozart, mostly, like he wrote on commission. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes it's good to have some light fare right before you dive into something heavy, like the second act of Don Giovanni, which Mozart was writing around that time. I mean, after all, at the end of the second act of, of the opera, Don Giovanni gets dragged down to hell. Oh, hey. Right. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, looky here. <laughs> 
So Buffy and Joyce are shopping, and uh, hey, it's spending time with her daughter. Check out Joyce, y'all. What is up with that? I know. Yeah, or, maybe or, she's overcompensating a little bit, though. Yeah, she should be. Yeah, Buffy has obviously had her hair done recently. Yes. She's got new streaks. <laughs> They're going shopping. She's wearing some new clothes. Yeah. So, and, she's got a new backpack. And Joyce should feel guilty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she should be getting out that wallet a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... As we see, Buffy is trying to shop, and Joyce is telling her she can't have the outfit that she wants. And Buffy says she looked good in it, and Joyce says she looked like a streetwalker. But Buffy points out that she would at least be a thin streetwalker, which, you know, first were problems. But uh, this is probably right after Ted, timeline-wise, um, and, uh, like, immediately, maybe yeah, a couple weeks yeah. after. Uh, and, and Buffy went on a starvation diet four days. Yes. So I imagine she is quite skinny. Yeah, she is. And also, I'm trying to figure out what else, I mean, like... Beyond the Buffy wardrobe we've already seen would be more streetwalkery. I know, right? Because she has like the leopard print, slightly see-through spaghetti strap shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has the Narn dresses that we discussed Indeed. a little bit. <laughs> uh, she has the go-go boots. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she puts them all together just to go to school. Yeah, there there are quite a few times when Buffy is... um dressed much less conservatively than faith oh yeah <laughs> like, like even, even when faith is on the show yeah totally. and they're like look at that look at that big slut and mm-hmm. you look at buffy like no it's, but... it's just more like who wore it sluttier exactly it's like well, you fa- know, faith knows how to work it faith could straight up work a bur- like yeah, faith could straight up work a burka oh yeah like a yeah. gunny sack and also yeah. i would like you to try say work a burka like 10 times no. Work a work a work a work a It's bad. <laughs> so uh, Joyce sees that it's gotten late and the stores are starting to close. Joyce sends Buffy to pick up uh, a muumu for her uh, <laughs> from Everyday Woman and <laughs> heads off to order some flyers for, the, for a gallery opening. They'll meet in the food court. On the escalator, okay, I swear Buffy's tragically underdeveloped slayer senses pinged on this vampire, didn't they? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, and so then she she searches for confirmation afterwards. Yeah, because she isn't even really paying attention, and then she starts looking around for whatever the source is uh, of what, what she's feeling, and this is excellent news. Yeah, this uh, is great. She's starting to hone. She is. Maybe after Ted, she's a little extra hony. Maybe. <laughs> she's like, I thought I killed a dude. I didn't kill a dude. I, didn't I need think to work he was on this shit. A dude. Maybe I should hone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Buffy runs up the escalator and takes off in pursuit because slayers are all about the the, the straight line being the shortest <laughs> distance between two points. Yeah, I know. I pointed out that she should have gone down the escalator and then run up the escalator. But slayers don't do that. Yeah, she's Slayers like, go through shit. <laughs> it would have been more badass if she'd hopped on like the little handrails. But she can't draw attention, you know. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> she finds them in a dark arcade. The vamp is trying to distract his victim from playing pinball, saying he has something to show her. And she says it's her high score. And I... Don't. She's a pinball wizard. <laughs> <laughs> well, she says it's her yeah. high score, well, which might be th- too. See, that tells me that she thinks she's the predator here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, she totally thinks that she is yeah. the well, and, she, and she's ignoring him because she's like, dude, mm-hmm. pinball is clearly more important than your yeah, dick Yeah, and I'm going to show off how I play video games for you just like a dude normally does in most of these other shows. <laughs> right. Flipping that gender narrative. Absolutely. <laughs> and he's got his game face on and goes to bite her, but Buffy contributes some commentary on the staleness of his lines <laughs> and then pulls the, that's my boyfriend, you're about to boink trick. And I love, <laughs> I love how she does it all deadpan. Too. I know. <laughs> so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
badass Slayer Buffy. <laughs> she still has kind of had it from the last episode. Oh, yeah. She's, yeah. She's yeah. like, just don't even try this. <laughs> and the chick finally turns, sees him all vamped, and takes off. They fight, and he's figured out she's the Slayer, which because she's kicking his ass. Yeah. Uh, so he takes the opportunity while he's got Buffy all tossed on the pinball machine to introduce himself as Lyle Gorch. Uh, she kicks him a little more, and he runs off, telling her this ain't over. And he does this great little roll where his hat comes off. And it's, it's like it a bullfighter thing, like, like or, is, or like yeah. a bull rider when bull riders hop off and you can't yeah. lose the hat. Yeah, That's absolutely a sweet move. It is. And Buffy <laughs> quips uh, that, "Oh sure, they say they'll call." <laughs> <laughs> She's so rocking it in this episode so she far. <laughs> I'm really loving this Buffy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> so uh playing now uh as buffy is going to join joyce in the food court uh is the overture to the magic flute or something i can't pronounce in german die sauberflote perhaps something like that <laughs> uh anyway uh the magic flute is an opera also by mozart um and i'm going to quote from the wiki here the story itself portrays the education of mankind progressing through chaos through religious superstition to rationalistic enlightenment by means of trial and error ultimately to make the earth a heavenly kingdom for mortals like the gods uh, the two main characters are uh, subjected to various trials. One of them, uh, Tamino, passes the trials, where the other, uh, Papageno, fails them and tries to kill himself, but is stopped before he can go through with it. Make of that what you will. So, basically, even though this is a light little fluffy episode, there's a whole bunch of little tiny foreshadowings happening oh, yeah. everywhere. Yes. <laughs> but the, the, yeah. Because we can never have a one-off in the Buffyverse. No, we really ever. can't. Even though this is, this might be as close as we can come. We'll see. Oh, uh, we shall see. Mm. Uh, so yes, uh, so Buffy finds Joyce in the food court, and Joyce notices immediately that Buffy hasn't picked up her muumuu or mom clothes equivalent. Uh, <laughs> Joyce guesses that Buffy was distracted by a boy. Buffy says, "Technically, <laughs> true enough." Yeah. <laughs> so Buffy's a big disappointment again, and Joyce says that she's just asking for a little responsibility from her because all Buffy thinks about are boys and clothes. Joyce is making a lot of assumptions here, especially since she hasn't really spent time with her daughter lately. Uh, she hasn't um, she hasn't seen Buffy go on a date for a long time. A long time. And in fact, she gave Buffy shit in Inca Mummy Girl for not going on a date. Yeah, she did. So, so whatever, uh, Joyce. I think it's projecting much. Uh, because, yeah. So she was a little obsessed with a boy recently, <laughs> yes. and she's the one who is all upset because her outfit from Everyday Woman didn't get picked up. Her pretty muumuu. Yeah, her pretty muumuu. And she has plenty of great looking clothes. Like she that does. dress she was wearing. Yeah, when, she's fine. Yeah, when she just was wear that. Ted, like, <laughs> yeah. That was a sweet dress. <laughs> right. I want some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, and yep. she's, you know, she's making it so she's trying to fill the void in what she doesn't know about her daughter mm-hmm. by inserting assumptions about normal teenage girls. Yes. Yeah. Which uh, any of my asexual brethren out there, we are feeling this. <laughs> it's like, I mean, your hormones are just surging. This whole episode is just kind of like, yeah. your hormones are surging right now. I know you're feeling urges to play video games. <laughs> to do really well in school. Yeah. What are, what exactly are you getting at? <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah. Like, boys. Oh, yes. Yeah, sure. They're fun to play video games with. They are. They're really fun. <laughs> they tell me about their girlfriends. I give them advice. <laughs> like, that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, no, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> uh, Buffy says that she does spend time thinking about saving the world from vampires. <laughs> and I like her strategy here, actually. Why bother lying when your mom is just going to deny her way past everything? <laughs> And it's really more efficient to just tell the truth. That's and, true. And naturally, Joyce denies her way past everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, do you, 
think about anything else? Fucking girls? <laughs> yeah, exactly. God, Going, don't, be, <laughs> yeah, don't be silly. Exactly. You know, because right. <laughs> she's being, you know, and, and our, our slayer as queer metaphor stands. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, at school, Cordelia and Xander are making out in a closet. So <laughs> Buffy's heart is also in a closeted relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, she tries to tell him they can't miss class and... Mm-mm. Okay, how does he not get punched in the face more often? Because he says it would work a lot better for him if she didn't talk. Yeah, well. Yeah, uh, so she rebuts that uh, she would rather do this with the lights off, and he gets offended that she wants it dark so she can't see him, but he started the whole thing with the insults and help, snart. Okay, so I think this I don't is... understand straight people, dude. <laughs> you have an asexual well, problem, okay. and I don't understand straight people. <laughs> so I'm going to go to the show for this one. And okay. I actually think this is a commentary because we're heading into the big two episodes, the Turning Point Indeed episodes. Indeed we are. Um, so I actually think this is a commentary about why Angel and Buffy don't work. Oh. Because later on we have the conversation where Buffy really gets herself into a corner with babbling on about kids. She sure does. And uh, Angel can only be around her in the dark. Oh. So. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> thank you. So yeah, I yeah. actually think because Cordy is the shadow self mm-hmm. and Xander is the heart. And so in a lot of ways, we actually see juxtaposition between um, Xander is the heart and Angel because they are opposed to each other. They have yeah. some some shadow aspects in script form, not necessarily in direct metaphor. Right. Um, but yeah, they do have some shadow aspects between each other. Well, and whenever you see opposition. two characters who hate each other, yeah, in a show like this, you have to look for some kind of mirror shadow kind of thing yeah, going on. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's what I think. I think it's actually a commentary about about Buffy relationship. Otherwise, why would we have it come to full bloom, so to speak? In this episode. it's a very good point. Yeah. Why didn't we do it last episode? Very when we good had point. Actually, Ted had a lot of more space. Yeah, absolutely. In, in which to play. This is a much more plot-heavy, movement-heavy episode. And, and it's so, so tightly choreographed. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. So I feel like if we were going to bring this uh, relationship full circle, we would have gone ahead and done it last time with this conversation when they're already in the broom closet a lot. Right. Um, but instead, we're doing it in this episode. Interesting. Yeah. I think that's excellent. Why, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so he says that the whole thing isn't exactly a self-esteem booster and she agrees because just look at him <laughs> with the clothes and the shoes and then they make out some more. <laughs> and that's just them. That is their yeah. relationship. <laughs> I love how Cordy pops back up to turn the light off. I know. <laughs> and I want her sweater. Oh my God. I love that sweater. I love that sweater. She's always wearing great stuff. Yeah. It's very, <laughs> it's very Kill Bill. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in what I'm presuming is health class, and will be confirmed later as exactly that, the teacher is naturally discussing sex. Xander is agreeing with everything the teacher oh says. God, <laughs> Cordy is trying to pretend she isn't there, and Willow looks like she's going to pass out. Yes, which Cordy's <laughs> pretending she's not there. Buffy straight up isn't there. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> Willow is seriously hyperventilating. <laughs> and I like to watch the extras behind them, too, because yeah. there's like angry dude. Which I, I'm calling him my asexual friend. Because <laughs> he's just like so pissed off. And, and it's perplexed. Like, he's like, yeah. <laughs> he's got he's the like, furrow. He's like, what yeah, the hell he's, are we he's doing? He's kind of like off at an angle from, yeah. from Willow. And then there's a guy straight behind Willow who is like, kind of like nodding along, like actually putting things together. And then there's the guy right behind Xander who is like with Xander. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like yeah, yeah, sex. Yeah, yeah. sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> 
the teacher, who clearly doesn't get paid enough for having to do this, asks the <laughs> class if they can think of any negative consequences for having sex. Uh, Cordy has a traffic-related sex story of a friend of hers, not not of her, uh, in a Miata. <laughs> the teacher was thinking perhaps something a, a little more universal and not manual transmission related, though good to know Cordy drives stick, yeah, I guess. That, yeah. uh, <laughs> Rim shot. Shh. <laughs> Um, Xander basically accuses Cordelia of having bad breath, and Cordy responds with a critique of his resemblance to a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Willow, by the way, is looking back and forth and is definitely starting to put some pieces together. Yeah, it'll take a minute <laughs> yeah. for that to fully click in. But yeah. She's like, um... She's storing it away. Yes. Oh, and and Cordy's little story, isn't that just slightly mall mat... Yeah. Isn't that slightly mall rats reminiscent? A little bit. Of the, uh, you know, I like to do girls in a very uncomfortable place. Yeah. Know, like the back of a Volkswagen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it, just a bit. And it definitely suggests that uh, Cordelia is, is uh, the one member of our little group who's not a virgin. Mm-hmm. And good for her. Yes. Good for you, Cordy. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Get that out of the way as soon yeah. as possible. Because <laughs> yeah. then you realize sex is not a big re- deal. Yeah. <laughs> and with someone who's not going to make you regret it. Right. You know, like Something, that's yeah. the big thing. And so a lot of times that involves not waiting until you're in love because then the heartbreak of when they, right. well, just wait until next episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if only Buffy had taken some cues from her shadow self. Yeah. Uh, so, and then Xander says, I need help again, Snart. Uh, Xander says, what about having to feign interest in her vapid little chit-chat just so you can get some touch? Well, this is calling ahead to Angelus now, isn't it? I think it is. Yep. And it's... No. Xander, no. no. We should no, have this. you should never be the guy who's pressuring your girlfriend into sex if she doesn't want it with you. And you should never be the girl who's pressuring your boyfriend into sex mm-hmm. if he doesn't want to. Yes. You should never or be... girl with girlfriends or right. boys with boyfriends. You should never... If somebody doesn't want to have sex, just mm-hmm. enjoy the rest of what you're doing. Yes. Because it's all awesome. It really is. <laughs> and, and once you start having sex, you're going to miss the days when it was all for life. <laughs> You're going to be like, remember when it was like four hours of foreplay? That was great. Can we try that? Oh, we're just going to have sex? Okay. Seven um, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Depending. Um, but yeah, I think that is a primer for, it's kind of illustrating that maybe Xander and Cordelia aren't necessarily right for each other. Right. Just a little bit, um, because we know they're not, even though we, we kind of want them to be a little later on. Yeah, we do. Um, you know, I, I ship them pretty hard. Uh, yeah, and, but, and we and we will always kind of want to punch Xander for what he does to her. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is just showing that our characters are superhuman. Yes, they are. And not, we love that. Not superhuman like above human. Not, like not Buffy. Human as in not like Buffy a, superhuman. But yeah, like, like turn to 11 humanity. Right. Um, yeah. So there's that. And then I also think we're priming uh, ahead to show that Angelus... Angelus? <laughs> Angelus is not Angel. Yeah. And so we have that difference and we're showing what a... Uh, unattached, you know, not too emotionally involved man does right in a circumstance versus one who is. There's a spider behind you. That's okay. You don't want to kill it. He's all the way over there. Okay, he's fine. He's just a little house spider. He's fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. we're friends now. Should we name him Stanley? I like Stanley. <laughs> okay. Hi, Stanley. <laughs> now I'll never be able to kill him. <laughs> So, um, it is interesting too that, uh, 
And I think it shows the difference between you know the, the shadow self and, and Buffy. Cordy is able to handle this kind of insult. She's like, oh, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's almost back. a turn on at that point. Yeah, right? she's just she's like, ugh, whatever. But you know, somebody like Buffy would be really hurt by that, and she oh, will yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. And it's it's also the experience. Like she's slept with guys who have turned into something else, perhaps. And Buffy has not slept with anybody, so she hasn't experienced yeah. this. I don't think Cordy would even give a shit. No. Like, yeah, we had sex and you were mean afterwards. Woo! Yeah. Look well, at even, your shoes, bitch. Even getting Whatever. over Xander is pretty pretty not that bad for her. If we compare she... it to her shadow, say, Buffy. Yeah, if you compare it to Buffy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Let's set the bar at Buffy. Yeah. Like, yes. She just burns some shit and is snarky for a while. <laughs> yeah. And she's she's able to deal with her pain in a very mm-hmm. aggressive way, which I love. Well, she spank, spanks her inner wampet. Yeah, she does. <laughs> and gets over it. I love Cordelia. <laughs> and then she runs off to uh, to help out Angel. So, yep. <laughs> well then, <laughs> turnabout is fair play. Well, well executed. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so the teacher is hoping someone will save him from this nightmare. <laughs> and Willow does, suggesting that the word the teacher was looking for was pregnancy. And indeed, uh, <laughs> like being impregnated with some squishy bizarre babies. That would suck. Yeah, that would really suck. Yep. <laughs> mm, that's too bad. Yes. <laughs> the teacher unveils some eggs that the students will be using to replicate what it's like to have to, have to take care of a baby. And yeah, it's ridiculous, but schools do this all the time. They um, do. I can't remember if I had to do this, but I remember that other kids had to take care of plants and possibly bags of flour, though I may be merging my actual high school experience with what I've seen on TV. Yeah, I, don't, and, I, I seem to remember the bags of flour. Yeah, I don't... I'm not sure. I remember plants for sure. They had little yeah. plants. Um. So my my confusion, I think, with either beer is a consequence of watching too much television or a reaction to the trauma I undoubtedly experienced when Bazaars attacked my high school. I'm really yeah. not sure because I don't <laughs> so remember anything about I, this. I actually don't remember mine, but I remember this being one of my better moments in high school where he was handing out the thing, you know, the, the health teacher, who was a very reasonable guy. I actually really like this teacher. So he was handing out the MacGuffin. Yeah, so he was handing mm-hmm. out the, the MacGuffin and I went up and I just looked at him and started to walk away. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, what? And I said, I got my tubes tied. <laughs> at like 16 or something yeah totally and he was like fair enough <laughs> i'm not going to ask a question about <laughs> he just kind of giggled <laughs> i mean i actually attended his class so you know he was a good teacher right yeah <laughs> yeah I, I don't think i got a grade on that i mean i, I probably failed the assignment but still it was you know I, so I actually don't remember because I never did it. I was just like, I am avoiding that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I must have blocked it out or something. Yeah. yeah. yeah, um, yeah gentle listeners, write in. What was your experience? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> what was your bad eggs experience? Yes, did you have a bag of flour? Yes. Was it a plant? Was it an egg? Was it one of those babies? Oh, God, the babies that actually like record everything you do to it. Oh, that's what And then you know if like it was dropped or anything? The Uncanny Valley babies? Yeah. Yeah. Like, was it one of those? Like, what did you do? What What was your health assignment? Yeah. Yeah. Or did Bazaars attack your high school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if that happened, we really want to hear from oh, you. Oh, hell yeah. We'll, like, fly you to Salt Lake. <laughs> yes. Yes, we will. You can come visit our own personal hell mouth and interview with us. So, they uh, they have to pick out a partner and also an egg and then tend to it, sharing the chores and all that. Willow tries to snag Xander. And looks rather crushed when he tries to get Cordelia. Cordy grabs the nearest dude and asks him, want to have a baby? And he's delighted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even after after not partnering up with Cordelia, Xander does not go back to Willow, but finds the nearest random chick. <sighs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is just him trying to make somebody else jealous. Yep. 
we'll see something similar later. Yes. <clears throat> well, he has Buffy's heart. That's what she yep. does, too. That's exactly what she goes to. <laughs> he's on Buffy mode. Yep, he's playing out of the Buffy playbook. Yep. So, uh, in the library, Buffy is... Uh-oh. Buffy's wearing the one girl in all the world black again. <laughs> this is not a good trend, Buffy. No. Xander and Willow come in, and Willow asks why Buffy wasn't in class. Buffy says she had vampire issues, as you can tell by the one girl in all the world black. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say it was a shame that Buffy missed this class, but even learning about sexual consequences in the episode before she loses her virginity wouldn't have given her any idea about what was really going to happen. Yeah, and I mean, this is yeah. also, yeah, it's a commentary on the fact that no sex education can prepare you. <laughs> for your boyfriend for... turning into an evil vampire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yep. I mean, because obviously this episode is a warning of things to come, but not a very clear one so much. No, yeah. no. <laughs> so, not even um, a little. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so even if she'd been there, she would have been like, well, I'm not pregnant because he can't, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the health teacher gave Buffy's egg to Willow to pass along, and Willow presents it to her proudly. Buffy thinks that this is an odd punishment, and I do too. <laughs> I'm thinking we can be pretty sure that the health teacher was already being possessed by the bazaar, yeah? Yes. And uh, making sure everybody, including the Slayer, got an egg. Yes. Yeah, which is a nice touch. <laughs> they brief Buffy on the egg equals baby equals responsibility thing, and that Willow's egg is Jewish. Uh, <laughs> so cute uh buffy starts to freak out immediately because she killed a gigapet once and probably because her mom just told her she's irresponsible though i'm thinking that slay uh, that egg plus slayer strength is not such a promising combo oh yeah (laughs) well and so prop department they put down a little like keychain thing Mm -hmm. for her to set the egg down i think it's the pen the pen yeah yeah the pen yeah the pen jail Yes, the pen jail. But yeah, it's just so brilliantly placed. So whenever she sets the egg down, yeah, it doesn't it just roll automatically away. roll off onto yeah. the floor. It's really good. Yes. Yeah, so I just love that. I'm oh, like, it's fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. The, the prop people on the show are so they good. They are so good. <laughs> uh, Buffy wonders who she's been partnered up with, but there were an uneven number of students. So Buffy is a single egg mom. So this episode is a lot more than Little Night Music. Uh, she just <laughs> said that she would pawn off serious discussions with her egg kid to someone else. And now... She's the only one taking care of a vulnerable egg, so seasons five, six, and seven? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so Buffy's also worried that she is doomed to lead her mother's life, and what the fuck is going on? I thought this was supposed to be like a stupid (laughs) (laughs) one-off. There's no such thing. I know. know, Yeah. But they're they're still treating it like it is. Yep, they sure are, but Mm -hmm. look at all the stuff that's packed in here. <laughs> Xander tells her that the whole egg uh, thing means nothing and is completely pointless. Well, except for teaching Buffy about the dangers of sex, of course. Uh, Giles pops out from where he's been rummaging around the, the bookcase for the entire scene. Giles in a box. I know, it's so great. Book. And he's just busy back there the whole time. It's oh, so yeah. good. So he declares that he's found information on Buffy's mall vampire. He almost squashes Buffy's egg, but she <laughs> saves it. <laughs> he shows Buffy pictures of the Gorch brothers, who are from Abilene, Texas, and who were very bad dudes even when they were human massacring a whole mexican village full of people in uh, 1886 and snarred mm-hmm. found some fun stuff about the gorges yes and i'm not having to go too far out of my way because other people have made this conclusion as well um but yeah so i actually googled uh tector gorge because i thought well that's a weird name mm-hmm. so tector's a weird why not just say hector right um so these guys actually come from a movie called the wild bunch uh in which we also have a character named angel <laughs> So yeah, uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of a heist mobster movie. It's supposed to be a western, but it's really presented like a, a mobster movie. Um, 
Yeah, it's supposed to be one of the greatest movies of all time. I sadly haven't watched it and didn't have enough time to watch it in between research and recording. Right. Um, otherwise, I would probably have a lot of stuff. But I am assuming that a lot of the dialogue is very uh, reference rich. So if anybody has seen this movie and they have appreciation for it, please email me. Please. Info at diogenesclubpodcast.com. I would love to get it. Maybe I'll end up watching the movie and I can tell you. Not a big Western fan, so we'll see how I do. Um but anyway, I do know that later on they reference that you, know, you can't find a good whore in the city limits. And there's a little bit in the movie where they kind of go off on a little like story about whores. Um, and uh, yeah, there seems to be a few things like one of the heists, they get uh, washers instead of silver, which makes me think like the eggs are counterfeit. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a loose association. Um, but the big one that I like is that they had a character named Angel in their group. This angel is captured and tortured and then killed. But what if he didn't? What if this was Angelus? What if Angelus turned Tector and Lyle into vampires? Wouldn't that be awesome? After the movie, yes. And they did massacre basically a whole Mexican village in the film, even though the dates are off. That's fun stuff. So yeah, it's a lot of fun stuff. If anybody has anything to contribute, I would really appreciate it. I hope I can get around to watching it because if it is one of the great turning point movies of all time, I mean, I feel like I should see it. Right. Uh, but yeah, it has something like 2,000 cuts or something, which this was made in the 60s, guys. Like, that's insane. That's like, the very last shootout scene is one of the most violent things that was in movies, like, up till that point. There's two really violent scenes. And this was rated X. This was one of the first rated X movies wow. um, because of how violent it was, which is today probably kind of like eh, your, your normal HBO special. Um, but still, <laughs> Like five was, minutes of Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Two, two minutes. <laughs> two minutes of Game of Thrones. Yeah, but in, in the very final five minutes, uh, this one shootout is apparently just amazing, and it has 500 cuts. Wow. In five minutes. I might have to watch that. I know, right? Like, it, it sounds Violence! Like yeah, <laughs> it sounds really incredible. I guess the story um, is really great. It won an Academy Award hmm. uh, for a screenplay. Um, and like filmmakers like Tarantino and, uh, Guillermo del Toro, I guess, have been heavily influenced by the film styling. And obviously Joss Whedon as well. And we, yeah, Joss <laughs> Whedon has been. And actually way back in, uh, Welcome to the Hellmouth, apparently, Buffy says, uh, don't go all wild bunch on me <laughs> in one of her lines. <laughs> so anyway, that's my fun little Easter egg. I enjoy that. Very yes. Much. And I, nice. I like the idea that Angel turned. <laughs> yeah. Turned a couple of cowboys be because awesome. they like say saved him from being dragged <laughs> down the sun or something. I don't know. That'd be but, awesome. Yeah, there's def definitely history. We'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, it's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Giles says that uh, luckily the Gorches are also kind of stupid, <laughs> and um, I'd suspect that that's just gotten worse since they were turned because. Well, we've talked a lot about vampire stupidity, but um, <laughs> but not having a soul doesn't help with the whole learning thing. No, not um, at all. <laughs> Giles thinks that they probably won't don't have any tricky plans up their sleeves, and Xander and Willow are all for uh, the slaying of the vampires to commence. Uh, Giles is warning Buffy that she might need some help, and he realizes that they're all holding eggs. <laughs> <laughs> they actually don't tell him why they have eggs. <laughs> At no point do they say Owens were health class. So, as far as we know, he spends a whole episode having no idea what they do. Yeah, they walk 
walking around with them like in little cradles. <laughs> like, <laughs> he walks out in the hall and everybody's got an egg. He's like, what in the well, hell is going if, on here? <laughs> if they had actually told him, though, what was going on, he might have been able to put the pieces together absolutely. before he got all the body snatched himself. Yeah, absolutely. He would have found like he would, an He egg probably would have like, thought, oh, um, they just left an egg here, but <laughs> there are yeah. random eggs crawling around. He's gonna, yeah, he's going to think yeah. it's a little weird. <laughs> and one will do that in a, in a moment. I'm just imagining it like the shrubberies. You know, oh like God! Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Sit down. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, so Willow is uh, still the fluffy little spirit and asks Buffy uh, if she can ask Angel for help. Uh, Xander's thinking that they won't get much slaying done, and Buffy has apparently learned nothing about tempting and also mocking fate because she says, "Please, like Angel and I are just helpless slaves to passion." Buffy. Not only does she do that, but she drops the, the name. episode title. Yeah, which is one of the best episodes about. Oh, it is fantastic! I am but, so looking forward to. But that. yeah, so they're going to be slave to passion in like two minutes. <laughs> yep. So we get an ironic cutaway and some really <laughs> shitty foreshadowing. Oh. Shitty is in. Oh God. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so Buffy and Angel are making out in the cemetery. Uh, <laughs> Someone should tell Xander he was totally right. Uh, so the Gorch brothers are watching, and they're very curious about why the Slayer isn't killing Angelus, and why Angelus isn't killing the Slayer, and why all the making out? Uh, t- Lyle why tells- is he about to make me blush? They're so funny. <laughs> uh, Lyle tells Tector that they should wait until Buffy's alone. He has a plan, you see, and Tector's skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> Tector's supposed to be the stupider one, but I think he's actually the smarter one. I think so, too. Yeah. He's also quite sensitive. I like Tector. I like him, too. I really do. I could, I could do so much more. Tector. I know. It's true. <laughs> Once more with Tector. Uh, <laughs> It'd be a hoedown. <laughs> it would be. Yeehaw. Uh, Buffy is all ready for bed. Not not that way. Not yet. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think her shirt says tart, though. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Uh, anyway, she's doing a little checklist of egg tending chores and she bids, bids her egg baby Egbert a good night. Um, there are sure a lot of stuffed animals on Buffy's bed right now, aren't there? Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, sort of a virginal calm before the storm, let's say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Egbert is a naughty little egg because at 2.03 a.m. he pops open his shell and starts wiggling a squishy tentacle hand towards Buffy, sticking tentacle fingers into her ears and over her eyes. Gross, Egbert. It is really that gross. Is and that's a not... great practical effect. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. I figured out that they ran it backwards. Yeah. You know, so they had it on her face and they run it backwards because you can see it kind of speed up and slow down yeah. like it's getting caught on things. But when they go forward, it's like, it's super creepy. It's really good. It's a really, really, really good, good effect. Yeah. Yeah. I actually had to watch it multiple times to see if it was going backwards. Yeah. Cause they, I think they do adjust for that little bit in the speed of the, the mm-hmm. shot too. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not obvious feel. at all. It's, yeah. It, but yeah. It, it's only because of film classes that I was yeah. able to catch that. Yeah. They do it really well. Yeah. Uh, Tector Gorch is not happy with his sewer accommodations. They bicker like <laughs> brothers do and eventually just start punching each other in the face with great gusto and delight. And I remind myself that I need to catch up on watching Supernatural. <laughs> if we get turned into vampires, this is going to be us. <laughs> we're just going to be like, but it'll be like libraries and we're hiding out and like possibly you know, arguing over which Shakespeare is better and we just get into a big fist fight. Possibly. Yep. Yeah. Fisticuffs. <laughs> Fisticuffs. <laughs> and then you'll shoot me so I go to sleep. Yeah. 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 I could shoot you all I want if you're a vampire. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> Don't get too excited now. <laughs> Mom won't even get mad or anything. <laughs> as long as we don't bleed on her stuff. Right. 
Buffy is awakened by her alarm, and she looks like a very sleepy slayer indeed. Egbert's shell has closed up seamlessly, though. She puts Egbert on the counter uh, and makes a beeline for Joyce's coffee in the kitchen. <laughs> it's like, help yourself, Buffy. <laughs> yeah. Shit. It's cute. It shows her rebonding, which is yes. very cute. Uh, Joyce encourages her to eat something, but Buffy doesn't seem to be feeling too well in general. And Joyce is pretty funny in this scene. She, and she's actually being a mom, and I couldn't be happier about that. She teases Buffy about Egbert, checks to see if she has a fever when Buffy says she's feeling funky, and then totally lovingly brushes her hair back after feeling her forehead and she teases her some more about Egbert and she's just delightful <laughs> it's great this is good mom <laughs> it's totally it's yeah. a totally mom moment it's so oh, good yeah. like, did your egg keep you up all night <laughs> it was so cute <laughs> wait till they start dating <laughs> okay and I don't know how many times I've watched this episode maybe a besquillion or something <laughs> but I've never noticed that Buffy puts Egbert down in his little egg basket and the counter is totally clean and white right mm-hmm. and then she talks to Joyce and when she picks up the basket again, it is dripping something dark and sticky under the counter. And how did I not see this before? I don't know. The shot is like half a second. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah. that's a good touch. Oh, it's great. It's a really good touch. It's, it's, it's really good. Just, yeah. you know, if you might see it, you might not. Mm-hmm. But when you do, it's like, holy shit. Well, and I, I do think that your subconscious sees all these Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Anyway. Because you, because so. you, I mean, by this point in the show, whether you've seen that or not, you know something, is, I mean, you know, because Egbert was doing the thing, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But there's just the building menace, and I really yeah. enjoy that. It was really good. Um, so in the library, Giles is startled by Buffy, Willow, and Xander all waiting for him <laughs> and staring at him. <laughs> and Which is very Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It is. That it framing is. and everything is <laughs> yes. like. And it's just contributing okay. to the little, the building menace. It's mm-hmm. a little bit more. Yeah. He asks what they're doing, and they say the health class was canceled because the teacher never showed. And that's that's not good. Uh, Giles asks if they'd like to help him with some books, and Buffy and Willow sort of slump exhaustedly on the stairs with their no. Egberts, while Xander has all kinds of energy and says he'll help. <laughs> <laughs> so something's different. Indeed. Yes. Little... Oh, and Willow's wearing the red pants. Yes, and kind of a yes. red shirt with red. Yeah, she got Willow got red. Yep. Yep. Uh, Giles asks how the Gorch hunt went the night before, and Buffy says there was nothing. He's also noticed that Buffy seems a little tired. Xander thinks they're they're taking their egg tending too seriously, and they clutch their little egg baskets while he throws <laughs> his naked, unprotected egg around. Uh, it turns out he boiled it, which is pretty fine thinking, Xander. Well yeah, done. That is good. Yeah, and Giles has a a, a red vest, the red back vest on the back. Vest. Yes, vest vest. Yes, the vest. The vest of the Giles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> This face is fish. <laughs> of wed. Xander <laughs> <laughs> um. uh, says that sometimes you got to be cruel to be kind, and that's in reference to a fantastic song, uh, "Cruel to Be Kind," originally by, written by Nick Lowe. Um, oddly, it's credited to this episode everywhere, but I have I didn't hear it anyway, and I have never yeah. heard the song in there. Could but it be the letters to Cleo version? Is playing somewhere. I've I've listened to it like a million times. Like, yeah. it, it, it is credited to Letters to Cleo, um, yeah. which is a fantastic version of the song. Oh yeah, um, from Ten Things I Hate About You. Also, yeah. one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's 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 a great cover. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, but <laughs> and because it is credited, even though I maybe it is somewhere, gentle listeners, please let me know what scene that is in. Because um, <laughs> I've got the whole thing, and I because I, I love that song, and mm-hmm. I've been looking for it. But um, I would very much advise everyone to look at the lyrics. Um, it will shed some light on the rest of the season. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe that could be one of my options for my karaoke. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It'd be really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done it before. <laughs> yeah. In another blink and you'll miss it moment, as Giles is reaching to shelve more books, an egg crawls into view. Uh, everyone accuses Xander of cheating, uh, but he points out that it's just like finding a shortcut when you're racing someone. 
Um, oh, Buffy points out that that's also cheating, and I would say that it's actually way more cheating. Way more cheating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Giles admires Xander's Machiavellian in- ingenuity, and I have to agree, it's pretty good. Uh, Xander takes offense, or maybe not, because he has no idea what that means. <laughs> Cordelia comes in wearing... Red. Red. Which Xander totally fourth walls. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> and she's here to tell them that uh, the health teacher is is and is absent and presumed dead and da da da. Uh, well, she really came in so she could grab Xander for more making out time uh, because someone should really check the closets. <laughs> yes, just in case. <laughs> yes, one of the books framing Xander's face is titled "A Question of Judgment," and honestly, I think his judgment is fine because he leaves to go make out with Cordy. However, he's Buffy's heart, and Buffy is also swept into the physical passion, and we should probably question her judgment. Yes. Um, as they leave, Willow wonders if they're getting weirder, and Buffy agrees that they're weird. Uh, <laughs> she asks Giles if she should be looking for the health teacher, but he would prefer that if she rested, since she's basically a limp rag right now. Uh, so she will have enough energy to take care of the gorgeous later. Uh, she says she'll be fine by nighttime, and he wants her to be careful, but Willow mentions Angel helping. And uh, Buffy says slyly that he does what he can. <laughs> and uh, what Angel can do is to continue to make out with Buffy in the cemetery. <laughs> He tells Buffy to go home and rest and he'll hunt the brothers for her. Buffy agrees that this sounds like a good plan and mentions Egbert. Uh, she apparently explained the egg parenting deal to Angel off screen, which is a shame because I would have loved to see a 200-year-old vampire <laughs> try to wrap his head around modern sex no, ed. He would do the blinking. <laughs> yeah, he would do a lot the, of blinking. Like, blinking and the pursing of the lips yeah, and the the, looking off to the side. And the, the blinking stare, blinking stare. <laughs> or maybe he already knew because he lurks. True. <laughs> <laughs> and uh-oh, modern sex ed has actually managed to accomplish something because now Buffy is talking about how it's all silly because she's not thinking about having kids anytime soon, though she might want some in the future. Hmm. And this brings up a big issue because vampires can't reproduce unless they earn an extra life. Yes, I just compared <laughs> vampire fertility to video games. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's something we'll discuss more in, in, in depth later, but it does tie into why Angel couldn't give Buffy CPR when she was dead. Uh, so Buffy is... Disappointed? Surprised? I I think she's embarrassed. Like, uh. so she's doing the normal, okay, as somebody who knew she didn't want kids forever. Right. I would always do the hedging my bets thing. You know, like you're dating somebody, you're not sure if you want, if they want kids and you like them and you're not really sure because you're still young and everyone says, oh, you're so young, you don't know. Right. I still get that even though I'm, I just have to correct them. I'm 35. Oh, give up now, honey. Um <laughs> But, uh, you know, so I would kind of hedge my bets. And then if someone's like, oh, I don't want kids, I'd be like, oh, but for the I can't do it, I can't have them. That's sort of an oh, my God, I didn't even think about it. I'm an idiot. Yeah. And I mean, and she does seem to have been thinking there was a possibility she could have kids one day with Angel if she wanted to. Right. Which is a so normal, that, natural thought. Right. And she, so that just totally cuts that off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like, I think he feels worse about it than she does. He feels terrible about she it. she recalibrates really quickly. Yeah, she does. You know, like, she kind of like, oh, no kids. Well, I'm a slayer. Probably not anyway. Yeah. I won't live that long. Cool. So, you know. Like, won't even have to have the question. Yeah. Plus, won't have to spend, like, 40 bucks a month on birth control. That's a bonus. <laughs> right. Especially when slayers make no money. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. GOP take note, because it's been zero for a while for yeah. some people. No kidding. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Anyway, <laughs> so um, Angel does press her about uh, whether she thinks about the future. He says, um, so you don't care what happens in a year or five years from now? And this is lovely because in one year, Angel will leave for L.A. And in five years, Sunnydale will be nothing but a crater. 
Oh, wow. Great line, right? Uh, she says she doesn't worry about the future, and it becomes clear that Angel has been thinking about this, and he has doubts already about whether it can work between them. Buffy says that when she looks into the future, all she sees is him. Uh, he's all she wants, and he feels the same way. They kiss, and the camera pans to the gravestone next to them, which reads, In Loving Memory. And everyone who's already watched the series just collapses into a pile of goo and doesn't watch the rest of the episode. Yeah, your stomach kind of falls out through your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's surrounded by flowers, which have previously symbolized Buffy's fertility and uh, are also a symbol of life and love. It would be fun to break down whether the specific flowers they use in the shot are symbols of anything in particular, but I'm terrible at flower identification. I just put them in the ground. I'm like, yeah, hey, great. I only know anything that goes before hey, nani, nani, and then yeah. that's about it. <laughs> so perhaps one of our gentle yeah. listeners leans towards uh, horticulture and can help us out. Yes, someone who hasn't been stabbed with a trowel. Yes, yes. very much so. Uh, pruning shears. Pruning shears, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, the show is telling us that their relationship isn't going to work, and we better prepare ourselves because they're only going to have memories of this night after the terrible shit that goes down. Yeah. Cheery, isn't it? Yeah, it's just great. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So <laughs> at school, we pan across a trophy case, and I look for Amy's mom, but she doesn't seem to be there. <laughs> she's on vacation. Yeah, she's on walkabout. A little vacay. <laughs> <laughs> Her little cheer squad, or <laughs> all the little cheerleader trophies are all off the in Alcapulco or something. Um, a security guard is making the rounds. Oh, this poor guy. Uh, he doesn't even get to carry a gun while patrolling the Hellmouth. That's just really <laughs> right. unfair. He should get a flamethrower. He should. Or, you know, a rocket launcher. <laughs> he finds that the door to the basement is open and goes to investigate. And I'm like, don't, dude, it's the Hellmouth down there. And also a bazaar. Yeah. Like it could, like we needed more shit down there. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the first non-white people we've seen. Yeah. So, so, so we are in fear for his safety throughout the entire episode. Yeah. Yeah. He's fine. He's, he is fine. <laughs> Miraculously. <laughs> Good job (laughs) i don't know how he emerged unscathed good god uh someone it seems has knocked a hole in the wall of the boiler room and there's a creepy tunnel oh good (laughs) um the missing health teacher pops up behind him and uses his trusty tunnel digging pickaxe to knock the security guard into the hole and uh buffy climbs in her window and observes that egbert is being a little odd Sort of making uh, cracking noises and shaking around. Uh, she investigates, possibly because she's the slayer, and possibly because, as I would be, she's hoping that a cute little chicken will pop out. <laughs> <laughs> but alas, there are no cute little chickens. Uh, what bursts it's out a of head crab? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what bursts out of Egbert's shell is much more of the chest burster alien variety. Uh, it leaps at her face, and she dodges it because she's the slayer. Head crab. And, um, <laughs> I will never and, be the same. <laughs> and it scuttles under her bed i am not a fan of scuttling i have to say and i would have been loading a shotgun at this point um overkill not overkill i don't care yeah. scuttling gotta go mm-hmm. uh i love when buffy is unrepentantly badass slayer buffy as she is now she grabs uh her eyes go all kinds of slayer and she grabs an iron uh, she looks under the bed but doesn't see anything and the show builds tension for what i have to say is the perfect amount of time before it drops on her mm-hmm. um Note that the Slayer doesn't scream when this nasty thing attacks because she's awesome. She throws it on the floor and it scuttles around under <laughs> her furniture. when there's a dummy. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, she changes strategies, opting for some big-ass scissors. It crawls up a wall behind her and she stabs the shit out of it. Well done, Slayer. Make sure that thing is good and dead. Realizing the implications of the chestburster discovery, she reaches for the phone <laughs> in a really nice touch. The prop department explains to us why Egbert decided to come out at that particular moment when Buffy was climbing through her window. It's 2.34 a.m., and that is completely consistent with what we saw last time with the tentacle things tentatively poked out at 2.03. 
I love oh, that. Without yeah. a line of dialogue, they explain that the eggs hatch. They, the eggs will hatch based on the time of night. Fabulous. Very good. Uh, Buffy calls Willow. When Willow answers, Buffy tells her to smash the egg with something heavy. She explains that her egg went postal, and I laugh. <laughs> Uh, Willow says she put the egg in her fridge and suggests that Buffy's egg might be uh, might have been a, a Slayer-targeted trap from the Gorch brothers. Buffy's doubting herself now and apologizes for waking Willow, even though she clearly didn't because Willow answered on the first ring. Uh, Buffy seems to have the feeling that something is up, but I think she's been thrown off qu- by quite a few things in this episode and is too rattled to put these pieces together. As Kendra pointed out, Angel clouds Buffy's judgment. Yes. Uh, Willow hangs up the phone, and we see that her egg has most definitely hatched. She stares into the middle distance. Buffy has hung up the phone and straightened up the things she knocked over on her nightstand when Joyce comes in. Buffy quickly covers the body of the chestburster. Joyce is not terribly pleased that her daughter is awake and dressed and talking on the phone at 2.45 a.m. Uh, Joyce thinks that Buffy is on her way out the window, and she's almost, almost got it. Yeah, Almost. the other way. Yeah. <laughs> but I like yeah. that Buffy, because I would be like, take off the shoes at least, you know? Right. Like, make it look like I was just happened to be dressed. But she saves her, her mom's Sunnydale syndrome. She covers up the chest. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't rattle her too much. I, this would be hard to explain. <laughs> Buffy says she was calling Willow, who wasn't feeling well that day. She gets in trouble for that, but it really was a Joyce-appropriate version of the truth. Uh, so far in this episode... Buffy has tried the literal truth and the toned down truth and nothing has worked. So she goes for the blatant bad dream lie. What the yeah, fuck at this point? Yeah, like, like, I don't uh... even know what to tell you at this point. I've tried everything. <laughs> uh, Joyce isn't buying any of it. And I'm not sure if Buffy, where Buffy is supposed to go from there. But Joyce grounds her explaining into a cut of Buffy, of her dropping Buffy off in the next morning. And this cut is fantastic. <laughs> it is, yeah. Th- that grounded means no after school socializing, no bronze, no nothing until Joyce says so. She instructs Buffy that as soon as school ends, she has to go to the library and study or talk to Giles about vampires or whatever uh, until Joyce picks her up in the library at 530. You know, I'm just happy Joyce is finally being a parent. I know, right? And uh, as we mentioned quite a few episodes ago, I think it was in Witch. uh, Our general theory is that Joyce was a very good mom who was thrown off by Buffy's sudden plunge into delinquency and and arson uh, after she was called as the Slayer. And then the divorce happened and Joyce started doubting herself, as one would. Mm -hmm. Um, She started trusting parenting books over her own judgment and then disengaged because that didn't work either. Uh, But now, I think this is how Joyce parented Buffy before. And it's actually pretty great. Yeah, because Buffy doesn't seem rattled by it. No, she's just, they're clicking into a routine they've obviously done before, I think. Mm -hmm. And Joyce will make a few pretty huge mistakes coming up. But we're getting a peek at the real mom. You go, Joyce. Oh, yeah. And I mean, one of the things I love about this show is that they treat their characters like real humans. So you'll see two steps forward and one step back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, two, then three steps forward and five steps back. And so we're seeing a gradual gradual progression that Joyce is having towards being a really good mom like she used to be but she's going to fall back a few times because oh, she's because yeah. they treat her like a human you know there's no point in this show where a character gets to a certain point of character development or maturity or whatever uh or their arc and you're like oh that character's done with this they're going to slip back yeah if they do they die right right <laughs> that's very is, true the only character arcs that stick are the ones where they die and you and if they hadn't died they would have taken a couple steps back and then yeah, that was the thing. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely because yeah. they are completely human yes and yeah it's fantastic um and i think there's i think the evidence that joyce ran things uh this way before before she lost her confidence is because is, buffy doesn't 
even protest. Yeah. You know, she, all she does is throw Joyce the teenager stare. She pulls away. <laughs> and it's a good stare. It's a beautifully, ex- Sarah Michelle Geller. this is a beautifully excellent, ex- executed teenager stare. <laughs> you get out, you wait until you think they're gone, and then you just glare the like, shit out like, of them. God, I hope she doesn't see this. Ah. <laughs> God, mom. (laughs) And she is not wearing Slayer outfit here. No. She's wearing brown over pink with a pink cross and it just, Buffy's off. Yeah, she is a little off. She's off. off. Her Slayer is gone. (laughs) Just off. Angel Clouds of Judgment. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and Joyce even more so, because she's kind of in the Joyce. Oh, big time. Yeah. The, like the, the Joyce sweater, too. Yeah. The, the Angel Joyce combo is yeah. a one-two punch on the Slayer. Totally. So big time. Such a KO. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll see at the very end of the season. Sure. Achilles heel, let's say. Yes. <laughs> Buffy's not Achilles, but still. No. no. <laughs> but no. She, I mean, we all have one. <laughs> uh, Buffy spots Cordy and compliments her on the nice bear backpack. Cordelia gives Buffy the backstory of the bear, and, she, and she's a bear back. <laughs> Peck hipster, our, our Cordy is. Oh, yeah. Um, and she is. She, Cordy's also a little not Cordy. She is. Yeah. Cordy's uh, a little more Buffy. Yeah, she absolutely is. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Buffy, probably being reminded in a few ways of her old life in LA at this point, <laughs> asks Soliloquy girl, girl if her <laughs> egg has been behaving itself. Cordy says it's in her bear. <laughs> The whole conversation between these two makes me laugh. These these two goofballs should talk more because they're hilarious <laughs> together. <laughs> they're just not speaking the same language. <laughs> it's in my bear. What? <laughs> or like thinking that that's enough explanation. Right. <laughs> I know, it's in my bear. Well, is it, is it crazy? I don't know. It's in my bear. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> it's fine. You. It's in my bear. Yeah. Cordy assures Buffy that eggs don't emote and leaves. <laughs> and Willow grabs Buffy's shoulder. And that should be a red flag because Buffy and her friends aren't particularly handsy. Yeah, no, they they kind of cuddle up. You know, they're right, friendly, but, the, but, they're but the not actual touchy. grabbing and touching. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're comfortable mm-hmm. in each other's presence. They'll stand very close to each other. Um, they'll, you know, do Willow's hair or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they don't reach out and touch each other very much at all. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And uh, also, Willow not wearing Willow gear. No. Yeah. No. Willow's not. Someone else dressed Willow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Bizarre Willow looks pretty good, I got to say. I mean, yeah. she she looks like she's in charge and she's, you know. Yeah, but she's got like a, like pants and a belt. Yeah, no fluffy then, sweater yeah. or anything. And like yeah. the, the shirt is all tucked. I don't know. Yeah. Just, there's no fuss, fluffy sweater like she had in the other two scenes. Well, yeah, the, the Bizarre. The other two uh, scenes. Yeah, the Bizarre um, definitely has a different taste in clothes. Yes. Yeah. And she dresses her quite maturely and, you know, professionally. Yeah, she, like she dresses like she's going to go dig. Yes, she does. Like she's uh, got her little jeans on and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Xander is munching on a candy bar or another power bar or something, um, but doesn't care for cardboard, so he throws it away and starts cracking his egg, planning to eat his young. <laughs> 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 and uh, Willow asks about Buffy's egg, and um, Cordy joins them, and Buffy says that uh, since everyone else has normal eggs, Willow's theory about the gorgeous is probably right. Buffy has brought the chest burster with her, though, and they <laughs> make plans to meet in the science lab so Will- Willow can do a necropsy. Uh, as they're walking, uh, though, we see that Willow's chest burster has latched on her lower back. Uh, Xander's got his egg all cracked and almost takes a bite of a hard-cooked chest burster, <laughs> but sees it at the last second and shrieks. falls <laughs> back. Such a genuine reaction. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> it's almost like, and I, I know this probably isn't how they do it, but it's almost like they just put it in his hand and said, don't look until you're ready. Because <laughs> right. that thing looks nasty. It was really good yeah. little acting. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be hard. I mean, you're, you're, you're an actor for how long? Mm-hmm. It's hard to feign real surprise yeah, and shock, surprise right? Surprise 
and anticipation are the twoest. Right. The twoest? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> okay, forgive me. It's almost midnight. <laughs> okay, surprise and anticipation are the two most difficult emotions to act because you're not actually surprised or anticipating yeah because you know exactly what's gonna happen like when you're waiting for someone to tell you something and you don't know if it's good news or bad no bad news but you've done the scene so many times you start to smile when it's good news and frown when it's bad news (laughs) you get like you start to like be psychic actor right um yeah it's because that spontaneity has to be there for all of these things to happen and a nice little job in this scene oh yeah so good In the science lab, they've got uh, got the thing all laid out for examination. Yes, and yes, are shared all around. Uh, Xander and Cordy snipe at each other, undoubtedly getting all hot and bothered while doing so. Uh, Willow comes in and tells them that Giles has uh, said to get started without them. Uh, Xander tries to get Buffy to do the cutting, since she's the slayer, but she protests that the slaying part is clearly over with. Uh, Willow starts to cut into it just as Cordy's egg hatches out of her bare backpack's eyeballs. They go from speculating about the fate of the health teacher to Willow suddenly having a ton of information about how the health teacher is probably fine and how maybe the offspring simply used him to return to the Mother Bazaar. While Xander, uh, Buffy, and the rest of us are taking a second for, wait, what? (laughs) Cordy nonchalantly reaches down, grabs an implement, and knocks Buffy out. Willow Mm -hmm. does the same thing for Xander. And I really love this scene. Just how a normal day for the Slayer and her crew seamlessly turns into something else. It's so smooth. And Willow's just a little bit off, and there's no way that Giles would would miss the necropsy. But those are such minor things. You can see why Buffy wouldn't pick up on them. Oh, yeah. And then it just turns. Just just, just a little tiny twist. Like, just even Willow not stuttering. You know, yeah. like she's saying, all she's of her in lines charge. She is commanding. She's mm-hmm. in charge. She is taking over this whole thing. Oh yeah, yeah. And the whole the whole thing has a sort of body snatchers meets alien meets the tingler, and I really like that kind of thing a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like this is so cool. <laughs> and watching all the actors get a chance to click off and then do something else. Yes. Is, uh, yeah. That's fun for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Willow and Cordy and a couple of helpers dump Xander and Buffy into a closet. It's interesting that Cordy and Willow take Xander and the two big dudes carry Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> she's oddly dense. Slayers <laughs> probably are. Yeah, she's got yeah. like lead bones. Yeah. <laughs> so she actually weighs more like 150, 160 pounds. <laughs> yeah, instead of 110. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the students and faculty then proceed to raid a tool shed, each grabbing an implement, and then march into a basement and get to work. With great music. Oh, the music. The music is so good in this. Yeah. The music is just, it's its like this relentlessly, what, mechanical. Yeah, it's like, its like isn't it March of the Marionettes or something like that, isn't it's it? Just it's just really, really good. Like, yeah, it's. Yeah, it sets the tone. Mm-hmm. It's so fantastic. Totally. In the library, we see that there's a website in the works and something about Bus Brett's talk. I have no idea, but I thought I'd mention it in case there are anagrammers out there who would like to take a crack <laughs> at it. Um, because, I mean, I kind of throw it out there because everything on the show means something. Yeah. <laughs> Joyce has arrived looking for Buffy, and we can see from the clock on the wall it is indeed 535. So good on you, Joyce. Uh, she calls out, and Giles pokes his head around the side of the bookcase. Um, they include, exchange pleasantries, and Giles says he hasn't seen Buffy at all. Joyce is pissed, and Giles tries to smooth things over. Uh, but Joyce isn't having it. She asks uh, Giles if he has kids, and he, the um that he manages should probably indicate that to us that the bizarre chestburster that has latched onto him isn't quite able to parse out his paternal feelings for Buffy into something that that uh, can re- it can relate to Joyce. Um, it gets yeah. it figured out though, and Giles <laughs> says he does. He doesn't technically uh, have kids, but sometimes he feels like he does. Which is, that is a brilliant little touch. <laughs> isn't it that good? is really like the bizarre is like I mm, well. There's a uh, just a sec. <laughs> yes, but no. A 
<laughs> and his feelings for Buffy are very complicated. Probably yeah. very hard for the bazaar. Um, Joyce says that kids can be a burden. Joyce, you build up a lot of goodwill in this episode, so don't ruin it with that, that kind of shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Nobody you forced don't have you. have a metaphor working on you to give us yeah. right. a free pass. Right. Like. <laughs> Nobody forced you to have a kid, Joyce, and yours is pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you'll have two soon. Yeah. So chill. <laughs> so seriously. Uh, <laughs> Joyce goes on saying that kids are irresponsible, and Giles agrees amiably. Uh, Joyce has <laughs> noticed the book that's on the table, though. Bristow's Demon Index. Oh, and another one, Hell's Offspring. Um, putting things together yet joyce no no uh giles says a hobby of mine but nothing to do with buffy in any way and <laughs> <laughs> and with the lady protesting too much like that joyce just nods <laughs> well, and, and bizarre giles is so i love bizarre giles <laughs> especially when he pops out of the cage like oh hello oh hello and his, oh. his hands are kind of hanging down no, for a minute and then he's like i put these in my pocket yes, <laughs> yes. I will now pick up these books that have nothing to do with Buffy at all. I'll just put these down over here. Here we go. Just a little anchor suit. Absolutely. Giles confirms that Buffy was supposed to be in the library all afternoon, and Joyce wonders if he thinks something is really wrong. He slides open a drawer, insisting that it's probably nothing, and pulls the oldest trick in the book, which, as we've said, is, hey, look over there. And Joyce falls for it, and he drops a baby bazaar on her. Better than IO came powder. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Giles and Joyce train the join the traffic going to the basement. Uh, the Slayer is awake, flipping on a light and trying to wake up Xander. Uh, groggy, he almost spills the beans about what he and Cordy have been doing in the closet. Uh, they both write it off as the head injury talking. Buffy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gets Sunnydale syndrome yeah, all of a sudden. Buffy's like, I can't be bothered with this. There's a fucking bizarre. <laughs> Xander w- wonders what the hell Cordy and Willow are doing, and Buffy's figured out that the hatchlings are doing something to them. Xander wonders why they didn't just kill them, but Buffy spots two eggs that were placed in the closet. I mean, why kill when you can possess? It's just a waste, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, bizarre. Very practical. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffy Slayer smashes two eggs with a toolbox and then kicks the door open like it's nothing, leaving both locks still locked in place. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I never noticed that till you I love it when the me. Slayer is over it. <laughs> she just goes through shit. <laughs> Kool-Aid man. She, she does. <laughs> little Buffy-shaped cutout right in yeah. the wall. <laughs> they run into the library, but of course there's no Giles. Uh, Manus and Buffy's heart try to sub in for her spirit and mind and remember what Willow was talking about before the knocking unconscious started. This is such a funny <laughs> scene. Supposo, I don't fucking know. But Xander's got it. Bizarre. Now they need to look it up in a book. There we go. They've got it. <laughs> Luckily, Buffy's mind left the book out for her because before it was taken over and uh, she's got everything she needs. Well, she would have read Latin. Um, so, <laughs> Giles, uh, <clears throat> oh, doink. Uh, Xander finds a discarded shell and they realize why Giles isn't in the library. (laughs) In the basement, work is continuing. Guys, please be careful not to nick the hell mouth while you're fucking around with that bazaar. Yeah. (laughs) They're harvesting many, many, many eggs and we finally see the mama bazaar herself, all squishy and gelatinous, writhing under the concrete as they work on uncovering her. And um, so either either Buffy found one of the bazaar books in English or reading Latin is a slayer power. That's a good question. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do think this is why she would have such a hard time with French, because she's spending all of her time studying Latin. Right. 
And uh, that's that's hard for apparently even a smart person. <laughs> well, and she so. doesn't ever actually study it. So if she's reading it, it's a Slayer power that just yeah, kind of happens. Just be, yeah. Yeah. Because Bubby doesn't like to read shit. Well, she's so. also kind of just, she's not really reading. She's sort of like looking for keywords, it seems like. Right. Oh, it does this and this. Yeah, it's, and the, yeah and, she says yeah. a pre-prehistoric parasite, the mother hibernates underground, laying eggs, the offspring then attach themselves to a host, taking control of their motor functions through, through neural clamping. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I like either theory. I like I like either theory that she <laughs> like maybe she doesn't even realize it's Latin she's looking at because the Slayer power just oh, kicks yeah, in. And she yeah, reads Slayers it. like we read Latin. <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yes. So I like either one. <laughs> they try to figure out what the Mama Bazaar's end game is, but they're interrupted by Jonathan's damselly screams for help. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a baby Bazaar clamping onto his neurons right now. <laughs> 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 but by the time Buffy gets to him, he's totally fine. He just slipped. They follow him. <laughs> Decent plan, y'all. Yeah. The, it's all, it, it just takes well, a minute for all the parts to get well, realized. And once they have action. Like, yes. Action well, is very. It, well, this is the heart and the hand. They're just yeah. gonna, like, <laughs> That's all they're going to do. Yeah. Like, let's go do things. Yeah. Yes. Once we have something to do, we'll be fine. We exactly. just don't know how to, like, plan. <laughs> This planning thing is hard. <laughs> what would they have done if Giles hadn't left the book out? <laughs> They'd still be in the library. Yeah, they might have, the Jonathan thing might have worked out okay. Yeah, true. But, yeah, it's very true. But I think they, they would have been a lot more confused for a lot longer. <laughs> what is like, that um, thing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As they're going into the tunnel, Xander warns Buffy to be careful and then falls. <laughs> Don't tell a Slayer to be careful. Xander. That's my favorite Pratt fall. I know. Boom. It's a hard one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just timing and everything. You, you oh, don't it's get really to good. pull off that joke very often, and so when you do, it's really yeah, awesome. it's very good. <laughs> Buffy and Xander come upon the dig site, and I'm delighted to report the security guard is alive. Yay! <laughs> That's got to be a first. <laughs> <laughs> they make a plan for Xander to stop the spread of the eggs and Buffy to take on the Mama Bazaar. I can't think of any other way this division of labor would have worked. Uh, but Buffy goes in search of a big weapon. Xander mingles among the bazaarified folks, and luckily they have no idea he isn't one of them. And Giles hands him with like a big chunk of concrete. He's like, thanks. And yeah, dumps it. Like <laughs> <laughs> he follows Cordy and a big box of eggs. Buffy finds a weapon, but she also finds the gorches, and she sighs. <laughs> She's like, yeah. Oh, Christ, really? This is not <sighs> the time. Yeah. <laughs> Tector notes that Buffy is cute and little and wants to keep her. I know, I love Tector. Yeah, I, I know. I don't think he even means in a rapey way. I think he means like a pet. Like yeah. a really, really angry, dangerous pet. Yeah, like a wolverine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, slayers are kind of wolverine-y. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she says that this really isn't the best time, but they think it would be. It won't, guys. Uh, you should really have listened. Uh, they fight, eventually falling into the Mama Bazaar's recovery area, and, and Lyle is distracted. Uh, she sees uh, Buffy sees her mom and is horrified, and Willow, who was selected as the leader since the beginning, uh, should be noted, uh, tells the others to kill them. Buffy and Lyle find themselves working together, which is hilarious. <laughs> he still insists on taking some swings at her, which she fends <laughs> off easily and with an irritated sigh. <laughs> he just loves to fight, man. Like, he it's does. just fun. <laughs> Buffy's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Xander has found Cordy. He knocks out the guy with her and tells her he doesn't want to hurt her some of the time. Uh, she attacks him, though, and we saw earlier that she was strong enough to help him, uh, help carry him with only Willow helping her. And uh, he punches her, and uh, and he really does look a bit distressed about having to do it. But despite being irritated with him for the whole get some touch thing, I really don't see how he had any other choice in no, this situation. He and and he is kind of triggered by when she, like, hits him on the head on the bump from his, like, earlier. Right. Uh I don't know if you've ever bumped your head and then bumped it again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a pretty visceral response. Yeah. And 
and even if she hadn't done that, he would have had to knock her out. Yeah. I don't see how he had any alternative because she was going to keep trying to kill him. Well, yeah. And she's bizarre possessed and he's not a good fighter and she has her like cheerleading skills. Right. Yeah. Like he didn't bring rope. Right. So (laughs) that's what you do. And she would have passed out when the bizarre died anyway. Exactly. I I don't have a problem with it at all. No. Uh, Tector has recovered from Buffy whomping on him and comes in ready to kill the Slayer. (laughs) But then he sees Mama Bazaar and is rather enchanted. (laughs) And she must be too because she eats him. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she mates with him. Oh, maybe. Maybe that's what happens. (laughs) Well, luckily we'll never find out. (laughs) Uh, Naturally, Bio blames Buffy. (laughs) (laughs) How? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he throws her towards Mama Bazaar, and yikes, she n- narrowly dodges a pickaxe from Joyce. So if you were uh, if you were thinking that the power of motherhood and love would override a Bazaar's neural clamping, apparently that's not the case. Both, Gile- both Giles and Joyce are very keen on killing Buffy. Yes. Uh, Mama Bazaar grabs Buffy, and she just she just barely is able to, to snag Joyce's pickaxe before she's pulled in. The Bazaar's minions watch as Buffy takes care of Slayer business, and the baby Bazaar's drop off of them as Mama Bazaar breathes her last. Uh, assuming that she breathes. I, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. It sounded good, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Very poetic. <laughs> yes. The minions all pass out, leaving Lyle alone. Well, he's not quite alone. He's alone with a very pissed-off Slayer who is unscathed, covered in bizarre blood, and very much looking forward to killing him a lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wisely, Lyle tips his hat, conceding defeat, and runs off. We'll see him later. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily, this was just a gas leak, uh, as Giles is announcing to everyone. <laughs> he asks Xander what it really was, and Xander says it's home tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Xander, Willow, and Cordy talk about who hit whom. Uh, Cordy's happy she wasn't left out. <laughs> Xander doesn't mention that he punched her, but we already know it isn't Xander's way to fess up and apologize when he can get away with stuff legitimately, like in the pack. And, and truly... He did the only thing he could in this situation, even though he could have told Cordy, and I think she would have been fine with it. So, if anything is the issue here, just like in the pack, it's his tendency to not tell the truth even when he could. Yeah, kind of like Buffy's tendency to bottle even when she doesn't have to. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And Um, uh, Willow's tendency to pass everything off is just fine. Yes. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Little pieces and parts of Buffy. Yeah. Uh, Buffy's worried about her mom, but Xander says she's confused like everyone else, but mostly fine. Uh, Joyce is so focused on how Buffy wasn't in the library, she doesn't notice the large goose egg on her daughter's forehead. Or that she's wearing completely different clothes. Right. Yeah, because Buffy had to go shower. <laughs> right. Because she bizarre blood all over her. Yeah. Yeah. So Buffy points out that there was a gas leak and Joyce lectured her on how she needs to learn responsibility. I was with Joyce on the grounding and discipline from earlier, but her daughter is standing there with a gigantic bruise on her forehead and different clothes. I mean, let's say that discipline is good, but discipline and Sunnydale syndrome are not a good combo. Yeah, And Um, also, like, if she had actually been where she was meant to be, she would have been in danger with the rest of them. Right. So, uh... Right. (laughs) Joyce. She would have been like, well, I'm glad you disobeyed me, maybe? Our mom would have said that. Well, it's a good thing you disobeyed me, but don't do it again. Right. Exactly. I'm glad yeah. you're okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but no. No. Uh, Buffy is confined to her room, only allowed out for the bathroom and school until further notice. Buffy is resourceful, though, and has found a silver <laughs> lining. She can make out with Angel through the window. The camera pans past her innocent little stuffed animals, preparing us for the next episode. Yes. And it is a sweet ending. It is. Yeah. Yep. So that's our episode. So, yeah, that is. And, uh... 
there's nothing wrong with having a lighter episode before the heavy stuff. No, definitely not. And uh, now we can start to watch the movements and say, oh, this is this is a fun little light thing. That's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when someone brings you a cupcake and you don't know why. You're like, what did you do? Exactly. <laughs> Are there roofies in this? It's roofie, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Angel gets the worst roofie ever. Yes. Ever. Yes. It's a bad roofie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anything else we want to talk about in this episode? Uh, no, I think we got it. Nice. I mean, I'm, I was just super pleased to find the gorgeous the stuff. Gorgeous is good. stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. So yeah, yeah, please, 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 if you know anything about it, like I said, I'll try and find more for myself. But if you know anything about this movie um, and you know some of the in-jokes that they're... Because I can tell there's in-jokes. I just don't mm-hmm. know what they are. Yeah. But you can feel them. You know, you can feel when an in-joke goes swinging past you. Yeah, like the um, whole... Um, so what do you think about this? Yes, no, you know, like total monosyllabic. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, like, and their, their arguments, and then even the, the stuff punching. about Angel or yeah. Angelus. Um, yeah, it feels like this is all just super in-joke, super fanfic. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, if you could clue us in on that. We, just even, like, tell us where to find it online, because I noticed that the movie is, like, cut up into pieces uh, on YouTube. Just tell us which ones to pay attention to and, you know. Not that we encouraging are encouraging piracy. No. It's an old movie. It can be on YouTube. Yes. <laughs> Someone else did it. <laughs> so we're good, y'all? Yeah, we are. All right. This is After All the Dodgers Club podcast where all members are exceptional. Bizarre bitches. <laughs> Gelatinous. <laughs>